Let's move into this. So what I'm doing is I'm just taking some basic truths of the gospel, and I'm just going after them. I believe that if we actually were laying hold of those truths, actually taking a hold of them by faith, we'd be experiencing a whole lot more of the salvation that that gospel offers to us. And so I'm just going after the truths. I understand I'm going after the truths with people who have heard these truths before and before and before and before and before. It means I got a wall to get through. Because a lot of times, after we've heard this enough, we lower it to our level of experience. And that's as high as it goes. Which, since you haven't experienced the rapture, you're probably staying here, if it's to the level of our experience. So anyways, let me go after this. Just unlocking the power of the gospel one truth at a time. Let's do that. Father, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're just going to open up a doorway. Uh, You're going to tie this together. You're going to give me opportunities to preach. And we're going to see you continue to do powerful things in our midst. I thank you for that. Love you, Father. Thank you that it's all the work of your Holy Spirit. It's not the work of man. Hallelujah. Not here relying on my ability to speak or any persuasion that I have, but God really relying on your Holy Spirit that's at work in me and at work in us. And Lord, you know that you know the plans and purposes you have for these people and for this church. Hallelujah. Your plan and your purpose, not our plan and our purpose. And God, you're going to accomplish that. And I lay hold of it by faith this morning. And I thank you for it. Amen. So today I want to uh, focus on the truth of God's grace. Some scripture verses, 2 Timothy 1, 8-10. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. That's Paul speaking. But share, participate in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and his grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began and which now has been manifest through the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Ephesians 2, 4 and 9. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even When we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace have you been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. It's not the result of works or human accomplishment so that no man can boast. In the ages to come, we're still going to be unpackaging what grace is. We're still going to be unpackaging about what grace is. So what is God's grace? Well, here's some words the Bible uses to describe God's grace. Amazing. Abundant, sufficient, surpassing, glorious, immeasurable, overflowing, incomparably rich. And there are more. 
And we're stopping there. So this is big. This is big. God's grace. But what is God's grace? Well, you know God's grace. 2 Corinthians 8. Let me read that. Turn with me in your Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, by his poverty, might become rich. You know the grace of God. Jesus Christ came and emptied himself. He came and emptied himself so that you could be full. He came and poured out his life so that you could have eternal life. He came and became sin for you so that you could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You know the grace of God. You know the grace of Christ. You know what you have received through that grace. You've seen it. It's been manifest. It's been walked out and demonstrated. The grace of God. You know the grace of God. You're experiencing the grace of God. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as his sons. That's heirs. That's not an orphan becoming a son. That's a son becoming an heir. For the adoption of sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he lavished on us. Forgot to put that word in there. Lavished on us. Which he lavished on us. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. Let me read one other scripture. You've had an epiphany, a clear manifestation and perception of the essential nature, meaning, and purpose of the grace of God. An epiphany. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 14. For the grace of God has appeared, appeared, that word appeared is the word epiphany. The Greek word epiphany. You've had an epiphany. The grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled and upright and godly lives in this present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the peering of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to pu purify for himself a people for his own possession, 
that are zealous for good works. God's grace has appeared to us. God's grace has been manifest to us, but not just appeared to us, but appeared to us in a form that causes us to see what is the meaning, what is the purpose, what is the power of that grace. God's grace was revealed to us in Jesus Christ. We look at Jesus Christ, we see the manifestation of God's grace towards us, its purpose, its cost, its plan. In Jesus Christ, we see a Son of God. We see the Son of God. We see the prototype of what it is for us to live in relationship with our Heavenly Father. What does it mean to be created in the image and likeness of God? What does it mean to walk in fellowship with God? What does it mean to live in righteousness? What does it mean to live for a purpose? What does it mean to not love the world? What does it mean to not give way to Satan? What does it mean not to give in to sin, its mastery at all? What does it mean to actually shine in this world of darkness? You look at Christ and you see the model of it, You look at Christ and see the one who goes to the cross, takes our sin, our failing, our shortcoming, our weakness, our fears, everything to do with our corruption, and nails it to that cross. So not only do we see the glory of who we were created to be, we see the redemption from the corruption of what we were not to be. And then we see Christ raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the Father, and in Him making a way for us to rise from the dead, and be seated with him in heavenly places, and to have an eternal inheritance in him and through him, so we see the power of his grace and where grace is going to take us to, it's all revealed. Grace in all of its manifest wisdom and power is revealed in Jesus Christ. So let me just do this again. And we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and full of truth, the reality, the light of life, the meaning and purpose in the heart of God for all creation and all mankind and the power to accomplish it and bring all things together in one purpose. We beheld His glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The law came through Moses. It revealed our sin. It revealed our shortcoming. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ The revelation of who we were created to be, not the revelation of how we've fallen short of it, but the revelation of who we were created to be and the grace which is the power of God to actually be who we were created to be. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And of His grace, of His fullness, I'm just quoting your scriptures here, guy, John chapter 1. And of His fullness have we all received grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. So when I'm talking about grace, I am talking about God's unmerited favor. 
the empowerment to be who we were created to be in all of its manifest wisdom and fullness that comes to us in one package. The person of Jesus Christ. And in Him we are going to see God's favor extended towards us. This is God's hand of favor. This is God's flow of favor reaching towards you. It's the fullness is in here. He is going to come and demonstrate to you God's grace revealing to you how much you are loved, how much you are valued, how much you are worth. The image and the likeness of God you were created to walk in. The authority and power you were created and destined to walk in and to live in. He's going to reveal to you who you are first. The first grace of God is a revelation of who you were created to be in Him. He is going to walk out what it is to know the Father what it is to have the eternal life within you, what it is to have the light of God inside of you that the darkness of the world cannot comprehend. He's going to reveal it. He's going to reveal what it is to walk in the authority and the power you were created to walk in, the authority over all the works of the enemy. It's all going to be revealed in Him. But then He, well, let me just stop for a second, because He is going to walk the journey to the cross. He is going to take this life, which contains the fullness of God's grace, and He is going to walk it through the process of, first of all, humility. Only doing what His Father gives Him to do, only saying what His Father gives tells him to say, and only walking it out according to the will of his Father in heaven. I come to do your will, O God. You provided for me a body to walk this out in. He comes to do that. He comes to rely fully upon what his Father has commanded him. He walks out faith and obedience in perfection. Even though he was sinless, He still had to, in human form, experiencing human emotion and human suffering, he had to walk out and perfect this life, perfect this faith through obedience, suffering, and death. Why? Because God's grace is going to be this life put into me. This is how favored I'm going to be. Favored, first of all, that God had reached out to me, even though I was powerless and a sinner, to reveal to me who I was really created to be, and that I am loved, I am longed for, and God is coming to fight for me. He's coming to save me. He's coming to rescue me, to deliver me. He's coming to preserve me from the power of the enemy and restore me, hallelujah, into this image. And he's doing it by sending his son to reveal it, by sending his son to perfect 
the life that I'm going to need. And then his son goes to the cross to take that life and lay it down as a sacrifice to redeem me from my sin. This is the favor of God. Unmerited favor. Unmerited favor. There is nothing I have ever done. There is nothing I ever could do. There is nothing I ever will do to earn it or deserve it. He has come to take on His body on that cross everything I have done to earn disfavor and damnation. Take it on Him so that now that is removed from me. But then He rises from the dead in order that with Him I could be raised and the life in me is no longer my own. You see, I am drawing every day from the power of a redemption I could never do for myself and the power of a perfected life I could never produce on my own. And I am being, I am being transformed every day by the power of this life living inside of me, not my own life, not my own strength, not my own goodness, not my own righteousness. I can do nothing of my own to earn His favor. I can do nothing of my own to merit His blessing. But because this life died for me and this life now lives in me, my relationship with God, oh, don't ever leave me. My life with God, my power to live for God, my power to overcome sin, my power to see myself in a brand new light as a new creation. My power to engage with life is Him. And no matter what situation that I'm in, if my faith is focused on Him, I'm undefeatable. No matter what situation is, my favor with God, my power to deal with the situation, the purpose for me in this situation, if my faith is focused on the grace of God given in Him now living in me, I understand I am living in God's favor. That means this circumstance is actually to bring this life out of me. It's painful, but it's to bring this life out of me. It's difficult, but it's to bring this life out of me. I feel absolutely weak and overwhelmed, but it's this life I'm going to draw from, and it's this life that's going to come out of me. I feel like I failed and I'm just not living up to par, but I am received because of this life that is in me and this life that the Father sees in me. And I think I'm hopeless. I'm never going to make it. But my hope of glory, I've got so far to go, but my hope of glory is the power of this life living within me. Sometimes I just feel like I want to run, but it's this life that's holding me. You hear what I'm saying? God has put me into a place of unmerited favor. He has placed His favor in this, this Son. He, this Son has died to take away everything that could bring me out of disfavor, and he has, I've been raised with Him in order to bring me into a life that is completely based on God's favor in Him, in me. I'm not giving you all the Scripture verses yet. We'll preach those. But are you getting this? So like, you know, I'm struggling through, I don't, well, why is it that one day you feel really up and the next day you feel really like yuck? 
One day you're seeing, like, oh, I'm really moving forward in God, and the next day you're going, oh, what a failure I am. You know, I just not measure, okay? Why is that? You focus here. There's no difference between one day or another. And in fact, what I've found is what a joy it is to be in a place that's overwhelming to me. What a joy it is to face a situation where there's pain that's coming against me or all the enemy is just bombarding me with thoughts. But as you come to understand this, what it means is my roots are actually going down deeper into this grace and I draw from it more. I draw from it more. Oh, Jesus, thank you. I don't have to face this day on my own. You are living in me. I don't have the strength to face it, but your strength has been placed inside of me. I am blue it already, but my favor with God, my relationship, my access to Him, my knowledge of His love isn't based on that. You're looking at me and you smell His fragrance in me and you see His beauty in me and you see His strength in me and you know why He was planted in me and you are just loving on me today. Because what you want to do is bring him out. Am I making any sense? Making any sense? We're going to look at some scripture verses towards that. But don't give me any of this hogwash. That grace is just, you know, God overlooking your sin. Does it mean we're forgiven? Yes. Does it mean that our sin nature is taken away? Absolutely. Does it mean that sin has no mastery over us? Absolutely. Which means the power of this grace should let me know heaven's my destiny. The power of this grace should let me know righteousness is my nature. The power of this grace should be speaking to me sonship. I love praying the prayer, God, you have graced me with the Spirit inside of me which tells me I'm your Son. And you've not only done that, but you've graced me with the Spirit of the Son in me that calls out I want to be, I long to be, I'm going to be your loving son. That's all the power of his grace. Grace is the power to transform us into who we were created to be. This is absolutely powerful, and because it depends all on him and not on me, I have learned to say thank you, because thank you is the receiving of grace. Thank you. Hallelujah. And one day, we're going to talk about the fact that because this guy actually has Christ living inside of him, there's some of God's grace that I can only receive through knowing him and letting him touch my life. And God has actually created it so that each one of you are carriers of this grace. And loving one another opens up an incredible doorway to grace. I know people go... I can go into God's presence, great, at home by myself, but there are measures of God's grace that you are absolutely denying yourself of because you haven't learned how to not just open yourself up to Him, but open up yourself to the grace that flows through from Him through others. We'll talk about that more another day. Let's pray. Okay, God, I don't know what else to pray except put this in us. Amen.